0: Fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now here's some combination of Adam,
1: Dave, Jamie, and he Oh, we have the best listeners. I love the fantasy football today, listeners. Ask and you shall receive. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Last episode, I asked you for some voicemails at 954-689-3199. We got so many voicemails, I cannot even use all of them on today's show, but I will try to do that on today and next week's show. Welcome back. So we're going to hear from you, hear who you think are risers in free agency, hear what you think about Sammy Watkins, the NFL Draft, and a little bit more. Also, Heath Cummings has returned from a trip into the wilderness. Hello, Heath.
2: I had to go wander in the wilderness for a few days to just uh, get my rankings right.
1: How'd that go? It went
2: very, very well. They're perfect now.
1: Okay, great. You were camping with your son?
2: Uh Camping with my son and my wife. Did some uh, canoeing down the Loxahatchee River. Saw some alligators. Hiked about nine miles. It was a good time.
1: Okay. Hi, Dave.
3: That sounds awful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? That sounds fun.
3: Camping?
2: Yeah, I'd like not to my,
3: camp. Camping's not my thing.
2: I really... I mean, I like you guys, and I like all the people I work with, but I really like like not seeing people very much. I don't. So you me.
3: you just don't like people.
2: Just get out into the nature, walk around on a path for three miles, and don't see any other people. It's it's really nice.
1: Well, that does sound nice. That's why I work from home. So today we're gonna look at some of Heath's rankings to start the show. Then we'll hear from you. And just just three rankings that are very interesting from Heath Cummings. You're not even going to believe which one I think is the is the best, is the, the most logical. Maybe you will. But it's not this one. Russell Wilson. How can you rank him number 1 at quarterback? I mean, he finished number 1 last year. So what are you out of your
2: mind? I know it's really strange. <laughs> um I like I've had this love affair with Russell Wilson and his efficiency for most of the last 5 years. And you look at what he's done on a per pass basis, yards per attempt. Last year was actually his worst year at 7.2, but 7.8 for his career, that's elite. A 5.7% touchdown rate. Normally, if a guy gets up around 6%, I'm Carson Winsingham and saying there's no way you can keep <laughs> that up. He's been at 5.7% for his career now. I, I see more volume. They don't have a running back. They don't have a good defense. They're, I, it's going to be all Russell Wilson. I expect him to lead the team in rushing again. Probably lead the team in rushing touchdowns, lead the team in passing touchdowns. He does it all.
1: Dave, Russell Wilson, number one. You, you have him, I think, third.
3: And I'm worried that that might be too high. Ooh. I, don't, I, I I like how the game script could go for him because, and this is some, the broader point that I want to talk about, is, is studying defenses during the offseason. We'll get to that later on the podcast. But I, I feel like Seattle's defense is going to take a step back. And I think that's going to open the door for Russell Wilson being forced to throw because his team's playing from behind or close games, what have you. But does he have the weapons around him? Lost Paul Richardson. He turned out to be a pretty good pass catcher for them. He'd stretch the field. Jimmy Graham was responsible for a lot of touchdowns. Replacing those two guys, maybe you don't think of it as a big deal for fantasy, but it's a big deal for Russell Wilson and how he's going to go and put together these huge stats again. So, and, and oh, by the way, The 49ers are getting better. The Rams are getting better. And the Cardinals are awful. They're still there. So uh, bottom line is this. I I think Russell Wilson is easily a top five, six fantasy quarterback. He'll end up there no matter what. To say he's number three, I think is a little. I think maybe the bigger question is who would be number three if not Russell Wilson? Because Rodgers and Brady, they're going to be one and two or two and one. Well, Wilson's going to be one. They're (laughs) going to be two and three. I I, I like I like your enthusiasm. I mean, he was number one. You you've you've come back last year. strong from your your hiking. I'm but, connected with Major <laughs> Dave. I'm one with the woods. Well, I'd <laughs> hope you'd learn to connect with the Seahawks a little bit more and not put Russell Wilson number he one. He was in number American. one last year. He's got a repeat, but yeah. it's hard to do that as a quarterback in fantasy well, football. That's also it's hard true. to do that as a quarterback in the NFL.
1: Yeah, well, he was also he wasn't number one on a per game basis. Uh, Deshaun Watson was. Nobody's going to rank him number one. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the scores. Okay, so after the Arizona game, that's when Richard Sherman tore his Achilles. I think they were without Cam Chancellor at that point, too, right? Uh, I think they were out without – Brian
3: or they might have got hurt in the same game. It was real yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, I think they I did. I don't remember. Uh,
1: so the next three games, Russell Wilson went off. Twenty uh, 34 points, 27 points – oh, the next four games. 34, 27, 30, and 27 fantasy points in the next four games – and the defense in those games gave up 34, 13, 10, and 30 points. So it wasn't even because their defense was so bad. It was bad in two of them. But I will also say he was going off him before that game, the three games before the Arizona game, he was incredible, 32, 43, and 26 points. So he did his patented thing where Russell Wilson isn't the most consistent quarterback, but he has a stretch where he's just the most amazing player in the world. Um, uh, I see your point. It's just Aaron Rodgers is, a, is, is like, you know, maybe one of the greatest – players in the history of the game, he's got to be number one. If Aaron Rodgers is healthy, he's got to be the number one foot fantasy quarterback. It's just a rule. It's a rule.
2: That's probably another good point, and I'm not big on the injury-prone tag, but I do think there's a pretty good extensive history of injuries lead to more injuries, and Russell Wilson's never had one. Like, you can talk about he wasn't the best on a per-game basis. Per-game maybe not matter as much with him because he's played 16 games every single season. Sure,
3: so the only quarterbacks... I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> to to rank higher in consistency over Russell Wilson last year, were all hurt. Rogers was one. Interesting. Can you name who was number two and most consistent fantasy quarterback? Deshaun Watson. Uh, Wentz. He was number three. Wentz was number two. All three of Always them got Wentz. hurt over the course of the year.
1: Yeah. All right. Next, Heath. Next, Heath. Uh, ranking. This is the one I like. I like it. Ben Roethlisberger, number four. Ben Roethlisberger, number four. That actually, makes a ton of sense to me, Heath.
2: Yeah, and this is also like I at this point in the preseason, I'm mostly just trying to keep it more numbers based. And there will be a time when Dave's arguments during the podcast cause me to say, you know what, Dave's right. I'm gonna move this guy just a little bit. Dave just convinced me. But just looking at it, if you're looking at 16 games for every quarterback, and he's got Antonio Brown, Juju, Le'veon Bell, Martavis Bryant, I I don't I don't know who I could Definitely say I want to put ahead of him. I could listen to an argument for about six different quarterbacks to number four, all the way down to Cam Newton. But I, I don't have a good argument for putting one of those guys ahead of him.
3: Does it bother you that he's ranked ninth or worse among fantasy quarterbacks at the end of the year each of the last three years? Yes, a little bit. So you're calling for him to have probably an MVP type of season for him to be your number four fantasy quarterback. When he hasn't come close to doing that, I mean, I guess you could say ninth is close to fourth,
2: but I would guess, and he is the opposite of Russell Wilson. He hasn't played 16 games since 2014. I would guess on a per-game basis he's been closer to number four.
1: Let me tell you something. All right, so on a per-game basis, I don't have that data for every year. We can look at where he was on a per-game basis last year, but this is what I can tell you about Ben Roethlisberger and where he finished each of the last four seasons both for the season and the amount of games he played and if you take his average and give him 16 games, okay? 2014, he played 16 games and was the number three quarterback in fantasy. Monster year, 4,900 yards, 32 touchdowns.
3: So that's what we would be looking for if we're taking Roethlisberger as the QB4. And he could be a little bit worse than that.
1: 2015, he was the number 20 quarterback, but if he had played 16 games, would have been number seven. 2016, number 10 quarterback, If he had played 16 games, would have been number 5. And last year, number 9 quarterback, if he had played 16 games, just one more game, he could have tied for number 5. But, let's just hypothetically say he played at home, week 17, against the Cleveland Browns. If he had scored 26 or more fantasy points, which personally I probably would have expected from him, he would have been the number 3 quarterback in fantasy. So all he has to do is play 16 games. And and let's just say he played 16 games each of the last four years. He would have finished as number three, number seven, number five, and number five. So there is that for Heath Cummings. Pretty good. So
3: maybe maybe the broader point to make is that the difference between the number nine fantasy quarterback last year, which was Roethlisberger, and the number three fantasy quarterback last year, which was Wentz,
1: wasn't really that many points. No, it was 26 points.
3: 26, 26 points
2: is what I'm looking at. Oh, and I, I think that's an excellent point because I go to quarterbacks, and there's like 19 of them
3: I'd like to put in the top 12.
1: Yeah, right.
3: I feel the same way. And by the way, we talked about the most consistent quarterbacks, one through was Ben Roethlisberger. It sure as hell was he that sure was. Thanks, Dave. All
1: right, last ranking to talk about, Jarvis Landry, 29th in standard, 36 in PPR, this is a guy, Jarvis Landry. I think
2: that was 29th in PPR, 36th in standard. It would be weird yes. if it was the other <laughs> way
1: around. Thank you. Okay, 29th in PPR, 36th in standard. Uh, Landry has been top 17 in standard and top 14 in PPR in three straight seasons. He is now a Cleveland Brown. And, uh, you know, probably downgraded for Dave and Jamie, too, but not this much. 36th in standard, 29th in PPR for Landry.
2: I'm scared of Jarvis Landry, and it's partially just because of the unknown He is going to a situation and Dave and I were talking about this and I don't know that he firmly agreed with me, but I think this is probably the most talented competition he's had for targets in his time in the NFL. He's got Josh Gordon, who we would expect to get a bunch of targets. He's got Duke Johnson, who is definitely the best pass catching running back that he's played with. And so I just don't know, like you look at his targets the last three years, 166, 131, 161. I don't know that I can expect that. And then what what do we expect Tyrod Taylor to do in terms of who he's going to throw the ball to we don't know that either so there's a lot of uncertainty. My expectation is that Landry is somewhere around 80 catches somewhere around 850 yards and then falls back into the five to six touchdown range.
1: 80 catches would be a career low uh, not to say you're wrong just just what he's done 84 110 94 and 112 catches. There's one other thing I want to bring up. Dave, I'll let you uh, I'll let you talk about this, though, if you'd like, why you're higher on Jarvis Landry. I mean, I know you, you think it's a downgrade for him, but you don't have him outside the top 24.
3: Uh, not in PPR, but I do in standard.
1: Oh, you do? Okay, I'm sorry. Well, you don't have him outside yeah. the top 30, right, in standard?
3: No, nope, he's in my top 30 in standard, okay. which means I've got two Browns receivers in the top 30 in standard, and it's a little jarring. But I figure the Browns brought him in because they want to lean on him for ways that that they know that they can. Slot receiver, short area dump-off guy, single coverage all the time, take advantage of it. The tendency that we have seen from Tyrod Taylor is that he ignores slot receivers for the most part. He also hasn't had a lot of great slot receivers to begin with. And there's no guarantee that Landry will always be in the slot. Last year, career-low 60% of his snaps were in the slot, which means, duh, 40% of the snaps he was somewhere else. Browns can clearly use him in those other situations, and he's got good hands. 80 catches, you said it would be a career low for him. I think he gets more than that. I think he's durable enough to handle 16 games. I think he can catch 90 balls. And I I agree with Heath on the receiving average. I don't think it's going to be that high, and I don't think the touchdowns are going to be that high either. But there aren't a lot of wide receivers that catch 90 passes in a season, and certainly a guy like Jarvis Landry who's made his career on being this high-catch guy should be able to help people out especially in PPR leagues. So I'm I'm going to say that Heath is particularly low on him in PPR and uh and certainly low on him in standard too because I do think he's a shot to get 900 yards, six or seven scores. I don't think that's asking for too much even from somebody on the Browns. The one thing I'll say in his favor and we haven't seen Tyrod with a good
2: slot receiver, we have seen one of the big complaints we get from Buffalo Bills fans is he just dumps the ball off too much. What he's historically done is dump the ball off to Charles Clay and LaShawn McCoy. Is it David Njoku? Is it Le- is it Duke Johnson? Or is it Jarvis Landry? It's it's going to be interesting. I We know when he throws it deep, he's pretty accurate at doing that. I think this is good for Josh Gordon. It's a lot of uncertainty for me as far as who's catching those dump-offs. And
3: that's really been the problem that we've had all along. Is And, and that might be Cleveland's game now. They might not be as vertical... As we kind of hope that they would be for the sake of Josh Gordon's fantasy potential because of all these other guys that they have. And so it, it's, it's, it's really going to be interesting. And then throw on top of that, the fact that when they're inside the five, think of all the options they have. Gordon on a fade route, Landry at the post, uh, Duke Johnson on a wheel route or, or whatever, or Tyrod Taylor running it in. It, to me, this is going to be one of the buzz offenses that we're going to, Look at in August And I kind of can't wait to see how they put it all together And I, I'm, I'm really Hoping for the sake of Browns fans Everywhere that that offensive line Comes together they get over Joe Thomas's Retirement they fix what's going on at right Tackle Joel Batonio stays healthy At left guard and this team ends up being Very interesting and very helpful for fantasy Owners
1: would you rather have Jarvis Landry or Adam Thielen?
3: Thielen Thielen
1: Jarvis Landry or Golden Tate
3: Landry. Mm, any that, format? Pick a format. Any format? Yeah, they they are really
2: close for me in both formats. Um, I think I'd rather have Tate.
1: And the last thing I was going to say about Jarvis was uh that it's hard to find wide receivers who average less than twelve yards per catch and score more than six touchdowns. I looked at the last three years: twenty-one wide receiver, two thousand fifteen, twenty-one receivers. Caught more than six touchdowns, only four averaged less than twelve yards per catch. In 2016, 18 receivers caught more than six touchdowns, only four averaged less than twelve yards per catch. And last year, 19 wide receivers caught more than six touchdowns and only two averaged less than twelve yards per catch. Devontae Adams? I don't. Devontae Adams averaged exactly 12 yards per catch and caught 10 touchdowns. Now, I also like the plus for Landry is not many receivers can catch a hundred passes, so that's gonna that should help. But there's only been one year in Landry's four years where he has more than five touchdowns was last year. Uh so yeah. Landry was one of them last year, eight point eight yards per catch. Pathetic and he managed nine touchdowns. You never know. Alright, one thing I do know it's uh it's time to get that C key on your phone, guys. We've had uh we had a great email that I got from one of our baseball listeners. And he used SeatGeek. His name is Sean. This is actually uh, this this is an accurate email, uh, an actual email. Listening to the podcast in the Milwaukee airport on our way to Arizona spring training. Use SeatGeek to get tickets for tonight's Dodgers Angels game. Awesome deal! My wife and son's first time to Arizona. I'm so excited to watch some spring Brewer baseball with them. So that's great. I mean, use SeatGeek to get to the game and use the promo code FFT to get twenty five or uh, twenty. Sorry, twenty bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com, and the promo code is FFT. SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites. It saves you time. It saves you money. It grades every ticket based on value. You know where you're getting your bang for your buck, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. I always use SeatGeek. It's how I go to games. It's how I go to concerts. You can use it for comedy, for theater. Download the SeatGeek app. The promo code is FFT. This just in, Frank Gore to the Dolphins on a one-year deal. I'm reaction. happy for Frank. Okay, yeah, but this I think is... it's good for 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 Kenyan Drake because this isn't really like serious competition. What do you think?
3: I don't think it is. I, I hope wouldn't it's be not
1: quite that sure. Oh, he's such a he's done,
3: man. My knee jerk reaction to you saying that is, oh come on, he. <laughs>
2: yeah, I like. I don't think it's competition for the starting job. I think it may lessen the likelihood that he gets the workload that he did in the second half of last year.
1: You know what? Let's listen to some voicemails. All right? The people were kind enough to give us their questions, and we want to hear about draft risers. We want to hear about Sammy Watkins. I believe our first caller wants to talk about Sammy Watkins. Here we go.
0: Hi. This is Rick outside of Portland, Oregon. Regarding Sammy Watkins, he was on my team last year, and I rarely used him, and I don't see me using him anymore this year with – Kansas City, and basically a rookie quarterback don't really care about Sammy Watkins. There are way too many other consistent players that
1: I'd rather have than Sammy Watkins. Your thoughts, guys? I I
3: think that there will be a lot of people who had Sammy Watkins on their fantasy teams before, and they're going to feel exactly that way. That they're going to want nothing to do with Sammy Watkins because of his choppy production. He's got a great week and then three weeks in a row he's sucky. Is
1: I don't that know how, if I'm that willing how you feel? To,
3: so, I'm not willing to to ding him for Patrick Mahomes yet because I like what I saw from Mahomes and I like kind of the backstory of what went into that game. I don't know if we even talked about this heath. Andy Reid said that he called the game week seventeen at Denver with ideas of how this offense would look moving forward with Mahomes. It was a dress rehearsal, and I think Patrick Mahomes did great in the dress rehearsal. Yeah, I, I think this this voicemail is
2: a little bit down on Sammy, maybe. I did downgrade him for this move. Uh, he's got a lot of competition for targets between Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt's going to get the ball a bunch. But with this being Mahomes' first full year as a starter, we don't know for sure who his favorite is going to be. I think he's going to be more of a number three wide receiver. I put him right in that same range as somebody like Des Bryant. Um, he could be a monster in the red
1: zone. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, week 17 at Denver, first career start, 22 for 35, 284 yards, no touchdowns and an interception. He had 10 rushing yards. He scored only 10 fantasy points, but yeah, I mean, Dave, he did acquit himself very nicely in his first. He did. He
3: also had a touchdown called back in the game.
1: All right. So Watkins, standard scoring league, Watkins or Landry? Landry. Watkins. Wow. All right. All right. Next caller is about a uh, a free agency riser.
0: Hi, fantasy friends. This is Matt from Quincy Matt. Uh, My big riser this offseason is going to be Paul Richardson. Uh, I think he's going to fall into the top 15 wide receivers, Um, and I think they're going to try to build an offense around Paul
1: Richardson. They are going to try to build an offense around Paul Richardson in Washington.
3: That's the a, sentence has finally been said.
1: A bold call. Five year, $40 million deal, $12.5 fully guaranteed, uh, for Paul Richardson. i I heard so much about Paul Richardson last year and, well, he had, he had, let's see, three games of more than 70 yards. He had two more, uh, well, he had two more, more than 60 yards. It, like, he's not bad. What do you guys think? Is Paul Richardson a big riser for you in free agency?
2: He was a riser. Um, I did move him up my rankings a little bit. Nowhere close to the top 15. I don't know that I... Like, he made some spectacular catches. He has a very good skill set. But the types of plays I remember Paul Richardson making last year are not the types of throws that Alex Smith traditionally makes. Like, he's making great catch radius plays where he's snatching the ball away from somebody or going up and getting it in tight coverage.
3: And Alex Smith just often doesn't throw that ball. So I, I don't know that the fit's great. I've spent this whole week looking at wide receivers that have switched teams to try to get an idea and get, you know, concepts of what they're best at, what they're not best at. And Richardson was a fascinating watch because he would make some unbelievable catches for a kid who's six feet tall and rail thin. He's got a heck of a catch radius. He makes great plays, just like you said, and he's got speed and quickness, fastest wide receiver to change teams. Uh, You could probably debate it with Sammy Watkins, but, when you compare him against Jordy, Crabtree, Ryan Grant, those guys, man, Allen Robinson, he's faster than them all. But he also has small hands, and he's had a problem with drops throughout his entire career, including last year, where he just had some insanely bad drops. I, I'm concerned about the quarterback. Alex Smith was an unbelievable deep ball thrower last season. I don't know if that's an anomaly. I don't know if the Redskins are really going to try and build around that. I will give Washington credit for this. They wanted somebody who could be the Deshaun Jackson of their offense. And Paul Richardson says he models his game after Deshaun Jackson. So he's going to get those deep ball opportunities. Couldn't you see him in a similar light to Sammy Watkins where you know he's got speed and talent and opportunity, but it doesn't necessarily translate to consistent fantasy points on a week-in, week-out basis?
2: Oh, absolutely, yes. I don't there, – again, there's going to be a lot of malice to feed there, and Alex, for as long as Chris Thompson can stay healthy, is going to love dumping the ball off to him. Jameson Crowder over the How middle. How about Jordan Reed? Fun. Jordan Reed, if maybe he's healthy. So I, I think Richardson – we'll view him different than Sammy Watkins because he's going to have a couple of big weeks and it didn't cost you very much and so you're going to be excited about it. Whereas Sammy Watkins
3: has a couple of bad weeks and you're like, man, this guy's a bum." So which would you rather have then if you're drafting? If you're drafting Sammy Watkins, let's call it round five, or Paul Richardson in round eight? I'd rather have Richardson in round eight, but I'd rather have Sammy than Richardson just straight up. But I, But that's the point I'm making is that if they're similar types of fantasy receivers, not NFL receivers because they're not, but fantasy receivers, if they're that same type of guy who will give you inconsistent production, man, I want to wait to get those guys. I want to put them on my bench and see what happens.
1: Okay, guys, let's go to our next caller.
0: Hey, guys, this is Reed from upstate New York. Number one mover in the off season is the Eagles defense, adding Colody Najah Bennett, re-signing Nigel Bradham. The Eagles' defensive DST is going to be the Saxonville of 2018
1: season. Well, I have to disagree because I think the Saxonville of the 2018 season will be Saxonville again. But, yes, the Eagles' defense is a big riser. But the, the Jaguars' defense is still going to be the best in fantasy.
3: I I think what helped Jacksonville out immensely was the competition they had within their own division last year. Houston, they, they got a game away from Deshaun Watson, Indianapolis didn't have Andrew Luck, Tennessee had Mariota. He wasn't himself. I think that really helped Jacksonville along a little bit. When those quarterbacks come back, Watson and Luck, it's going to make it harder on that defense. They're still a great defense. They're still the number one defense, but the Vikings are also making a play Uh to be up there. They got Sheldon Richardson to be on that defensive line, and I think that's going to help them out quite a bit.
2: And we still haven't talked about the defense that I think is the biggest mover up, and that's the Rams adding both Peters and Tlaib at corner, they're going to be outstanding. How about the
3: Chargers? No one's even talking about the Chargers because they didn't make any splash in free agency. You know why they didn't make a splash in free agency? Because they already have good talent. Yeah, They've got Bosa, Ingram, uh, Verrett's coming back from injury, Casey Hayward, they re-signed. They've, they've got a lot of really good-looking pieces, too. And you think about their division, Kansas City's going to be a tough out for them, Oakland, might not be as tough as you think. And Denver, who knows what we're going to get from the Broncos. So it might not be so bad for the LAC.
1: Okay. Uh, for last email here of round one or voicemail, round one of voicemails. Then I've got a game that we're going to play. Get excited. Okay. Here we go.
0: Hi. This is I like this games dude from Atlanta. I wanted to ask with the Jordy Nelson leaving the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers producing top one or two quarterback when he's healthy. Do you see the feeling for Devontae Adams to be a top five wide receiver in either format? Yes.
3: I think there's a chance of it, yes.
1: That's kind of what I was saying in our last podcast. Remember, I was talking about Aaron Rodgers, or maybe it was two shows ago. How is Aaron Rodgers going to be in a lead quarter, you know, what he normally is if Randall Cobb is ranked so low. And, I mean, Heath is the low guy on Devontae Adams at 11. Dave and Jamie have him 7th. You know, Jordy Nelson's been basically a, the number two wide receiver in fantasy when he and Rodgers are healthy. So I, there's a lot of potential for Adams.
2: Oh yeah, I think, I think Adams could finish like honestly as high as three and I wouldn't be all that surprised.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you all for the voicemails. 954-689-3199. 954-689-3199. We'll try to get to some more a little bit later. Here are some news and notes. NFL rule changes, we've talked about this before, but it looks like the catch rule is gonna change, and I love it. You know, I think they must have listened to our show, cause I have been advocating for a change in the pass interference rules. It looks like it's gonna be a 15 yard penalty, but I do think they haven't listened hard enough, cause my rule is this. There are two, guys, there are two types of pass interferences. The 15 yard variety, and the spot foul. You can't just pull someone down, if he's running past you and he's going to score a touchdown and say, oh, take the 15 yards, that's a spot foul. Otherwise, we're talking 15.
2: Oh, and that is going to happen more often now, and it's going to be terrible.
1: Well, then just do the, do the automate. We'll call it the Azer rule. <laughs> the Azer strategy. Uh, spot Two two types of pass interferences. Okay, so that's great. would the
2: Azer strategy on this rule be that if they pull one of your receivers down, the other receiver right. on the same team gets to keep running <laughs> with the ball?
1: <laughs> that's something like that. Something terrible. Seattle resigned Mike Davis uh, at running back. Dave, you love Chris Carson. Does this worry you at all? No. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, the Giants traded Jason Pierre-Paul to Tampa Bay for a third and a fourth round pick.
2: This is a terrible game.
1: What? I is? don't think this
2: is the game that he wanted to play. Well, oh, no. after the last email voicemail, we were going to play a game. This no, but this is
3: this is the point that I really wanted to bring up, and and it's just kind of a thought process that all of us should be doing this time of year think about what the defensive landscape is across the nfl from team to team the giants just traded away their best pass rusher for a third round pick
1: no now, they I did know, they their second i would i don't know maybe he is They who, who would they, be they have the Olivier best. vernon
3: okay well now vernon is their best mm-hmm so I, I'm i wondering how good this defense is going to be next It's
1: time. not going to be very good. It could be okay. You know, it could be okay. But I think the interesting thing here is the NFL draft implication because now Bradley Chubb is more in play, perhaps. I I don't know. If they really love Chubb, I don't know that having Pierre Paul would preclude them from drafting him. But it seems like the Giants are going to take Barkley if he's not taking number one, which it seems like Sam Darnold's going to be number one. But now Chubb becomes... Part of it too. I I don't know what they're going to do, but I I
2: don't think we have to worry about their defense too much when you've got Jonathan Stewart running the ball 25 <laughs> times a game for 75 <laughs> yards and just eating that clock keeps the defense fresh. Yeah. I think their defense will be just
3: fine.
1: Yeah, I don't wow. know. Tampa Bay has made a lot of a lot of upfront additions on both, yeah, they uh, both sides to. of the ball. Yeah, they
3: had nothing last year. They couldn't put any pressure on anybody. That's part of the reason why they didn't have as good of a year as we thought they'd have. And now they've got Pierre Paul. They've got Vinnie Curry.
1: I'm just going to tell you No, Spencer's
3: coming back. Like this is what I'm thinking about now is that do these moves make Tampa Bay's defense? A little bit more dangerous. A little.
1: I don't. I don't think PR Paul's that good anymore. I just gotta say, he's never healthy. He's just not that good anymore.
3: Can you squeeze one more year out of him?
1: Yeah, he's always been really good against the run, too. So that's something to keep an eye on. But I don't know. We have to see. I don't know what Pro Football Focus graded him out as, but he, he's pretty much a, like very ineffective last year.
3: Anyway, I can tell you if you'd like.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. I'd be interested. Detroit signed tight end Luke Wilson and defensive tackle Sylvester Williams. And Zay Jones was arrested in a very strange. Uh, seen in charge with felony vandalism, so not good for him. Dave, while you look that up, I'm going to tell everybody about the coolest thing that we've got on CBSSports.com. Actually, off of CBSSports.com, it is CBS Sports HQ. Now, you can go to see it on CBSSportsHQ.com, but people are watching this on their OTT devices. They're watching it on their Roku. They're watching it on Apple TV. They're watching it on their phone as well. But you should be downloading the CBS Sports app and we'll getting your scores, your news, your highlights. March Madness now is a great time to be watching CBS Sports HQ. But we're covering all the sports on there. 24-7 streaming sports info channel, always on, completely free. CBS Sports HQ. Download the CBS Sports app and you can watch it on there. Uh, it's It's awesome. We love it. The feedback's been great. Off to a great start. Getting popular. So everybody join in. CBS Sports HQ. Are you ready, Dave?
3: I am. He is the—he's tied for the fourth-highest-graded run defender on the Giants, period. Right. And uh, his pass rush is—it's just kind of an average grade.
1: So what game do you think we're going to play, guys? The feud! <laughs> yeah, the feud. Price is right. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna stop that right now. That was annoying for everyone. How
3: about the Adam blows our eardrums out? Yeah, it was Jeopardy a little
1: loud. It was a little. I didn't mean to press play, to be honest with you. But um, let's get started. Let's let's play some fantasy Jeopardy. I've got three categories for you guys: quarterback, running back, and pass catchers. Within each category, we have three choices: two hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, and six hundred dollars. There is also a daily double hidden in there. Are you ready for fantasy jeopardy?
3: Hold on. I'm, I'm drawing up a board. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, I do have a couple of questions about the rules that sometimes get a little blurry. Can you blurry. see that? Yes. Yeah, so We've got great. a board now. What, we looks... have a
3: jeopardy board here
2: in the studio. Okay. Great. Thanks, Thank you, Vanna. Uh,
1: what are your questions, Heath?
2: Uh, the daily double. Yeah. If the person that chooses that doesn't get it, then no one else can guess it, right?
3: Correct. And you just lose whatever you wagered.
2: Yes. And you cannot wager more than you
3: have.
1: Correct. Okay.
3: What I have a question. What does the winner get?
1: Uh, oh, that's a good question. A, a bean boozle.
3: I think the loser has to get the bean boozle.
1: Maybe. That that, that works for me because I'm Can not Can the playing. host lose? <laughs> okay. Uh Dave, uh, the board is yours. Quarterbacks, running backs, pass catchers for 2, 4, 600.
3: I'm going to go running backs for 600, John.
1: Woo, for 600. Okay. Running backs for 600. Over the last eight years... He has the most rushing touchdowns in a single season, accomplished in 2016. Over the last eight years, he has the most rushing touchdowns in a single season, accomplished in 2016. All right, then. That is a
2: very, very poorly worded question.
1: I think you get it, though, right? I
2: I think I do now. Technically,
3: it's not a question.
2: <laughs>
1: right. Because it's, an answer. it's jeopardy.
2: Um, I believe I get it now. Okay,
1: well, you guys both got it wrong. It's LeGarrette Blunt. He scored 18 touchdowns in 2016. That's the most in any single season in the last eight years.
3: We didn't get it wrong. We didn't buzz in. Yeah, we didn't lose anything. Zero. It's still tied.
1: It's still tied yeah. And zero. I still have
3: control of the board. You and we all the losing. Board.
1: Yes, we all lost there. And I would say that was the worst worded answer. I had trouble with that one. So thank you for picking it first. Go ahead, Dave. Why did
3: you – hold on. Why was that even part of Fantasy Jeopardy?
1: It's a tough question, right? It was very tough.
3: Are we supposed to talk about LeGuerre going to Detroit? We're now?
1: not talking about anybody. This is just fun trivia. Fun trivia segment. Go ahead, Dave. Board is yours.
3: Running backs for 400, Ted.
1: Among top 10 running backs last year, he was tied with Melvin Gordon for the lowest yards per carry. Anyone? I'm not gonna, I won't deduct <laughs> any points. Just somebody guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The answer is Leonard Fournette, 3.9 yards per carry. I didn't think that one was so hard. I guess I was wrong.
3: Do you think he's figured out what we're doing?
1: <laughs> no, come on. You have to play, jerks. Oh, I'm, I'm going to Oh, play. we have to play. Come on. Oh, come on. Well, I'm that,
0: ready. Make
2: it a good segment. Leonard Fournette, 3.9 yards per carry, but they improved the offensive line, so in theory that should
3: get better next year. Running I, backs for 200
2: times. I
1: actually really – fine. If you want to give that type of fantasy uh, analysis, then that would be wonderful. Running backs for 200 he was the NFL's leading rusher in two thousand seventeen.
3: Kareem Hunt. Who is Kareem Hunt?
1: Correct, Dave. You have two hundred dollars. And he Y'all did think. it
3: in week seventeen on I believe it was one carry against the Denver Broncos. Got his he got the mark and then that was it. And he's gonna be a first round fantasy running back. Um I will take the pen is mightier for five minutes. <laughs>
1: Uh, By the way, fun fact on Kareem Hunt. His 1,327 rushing yards were the fewest to lead the NFL since Barry Sanders in 1990. Okay, Dave, what are you taking? You're up 200 to nothing. What are you going with here?
3: Let's do quarterbacks for 200.
1: Quarterbacks for 200. He led all pigskin slingers in fantasy points per game last season. Heath.
2: Deshaun. Who is Deshaun Watson?
1: Correct, and we are tied at 200. Board is yours. And
2: you have control of the board. I do have control. Oh, please. Now I have, I have to hand now you the board I
1: control. Well, now I have control of the board. Oh, I see.
2: I will do quarterbacks for 600, please. Oh, damn. Right.
1: Quarterbacks for 600. This NFC North quarterback was fourth among quarterbacks with 419 rushing yards and tied for third among quarterbacks with five rushing touchdowns in 2017.
2: Heath. Heath. Who is did you, oh no! <laughs> not, oh no! I'm ready to pounce. Who is Deshaun Kaiser? Yes!
1: Way to go! Wait a
2: minute! I couldn't remember if you said NFC or AFC North.
1: I I said- he said
3: NFC North.
1: And he's on the Packers. Now he is. He wasn't last year. That's a terribly I nailed worded it. answer. I nailed it. That, that is, what do you, I think that's a perfectly worded answer. He's an NFC North quarterback and that's what he did last year. Way to go, Heath. All you right. Do it as, that yeah.
2: was the greatest moment in podcast history.
1: 800 for Heath, 200 for Dave and the
2: board is yours, Heath. Uh, let's just stay with quarterbacks, please, for 400.
1: A former ACC star. He has been a top 12 quarterback five straight seasons and a top seven quarterback two straight seasons.
3: Dave. It Philip Rivers.
1: Correct. Back yes. in the game. <laughs> yes. All right. Philip Rivers, top 12, five straight seasons. You want consistency? And yet, you got I
3: believe it. we all have him ranked outside of our top 12 coming into this year.
1: Yeah. That's weird. It's eh? another
3: great quarterback to go target late. All right. 800 all right. to 6. So all that's left now is pass catchers?
1: Yep. For two, four, and six. Pass catchers. I have Philip Rivers number six, by the way.
3: Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, what the hell do I know? I don't look at your rankings. Pass <laughs> catchers for 200, Michelle.
1: Okay. <laughs> Pass catches for two hundred dollars. He was second in targets among tight ends, behind only Travis Kelsey. Who's that? He's buzzing. Who is Jack Doyle? And he loses two hundred dollars.
3: Oh, do I want to put in a guess here? Second in targets.
1: Come on, hit the buzzer. Uh, I'm, I'm not putting it in. Two. All right, it's Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram was second. Oh, I'm glad
3: I didn't say. It couldn't have been like it couldn't have been Zach Ertz because that just seemed too obvious. Right. And I thought Doyle was a great guess. Thank you.
1: Doyle was second in catches. He was fifth in targets, seven fewer targets than Evan Ingram. And a fun fantasy fact: Evan Ingram averaged more than seven targets per game in the four games that Odell Beckham played. He basically he really didn't have a difference in average in the four games Beckham played, and the uh, and the uh, games that Beck that he played without Beckham, twelve games. Okay, who, who, all right, sorry. Who's
3: the Giants running back again this year? Jonathan Stewart. And who did they just trade away? One of their best defensive players?
1: I, I straight up guarantee yeah. you Jonathan Stewart is not going to be their running back this year. Starting he will be for back. part of the year. No, he won't be. He will be a change of pace back. They will draft someone and um
3: Oh I thought you were saying they were just gonna cut him before. Oh no, he'll be
1: there, but you know. Okay, uh let's I'm go on. I'm just saying,
3: like all these things help the passing game for New York and yeah. it helps Evan Ingram. They needed someone to mentor Paul Perkins.
2: I <laughs>
1: like
3: I, where do you have Ingram right, Heath? Eight or nine. Yeah,
2: I've got him fourth. He actually, I have a lot of problem with Evan Ingram because he looks really good and he has a lot of talent. He, he did not actually perform well at all
1: last year.
3: He did
2: at times. For
1: a rookie, he did, didn't he?
3: He was
2: great for a rookie. I, time. Well,
1: no rookies get that opportunity. 64 that catches. like Scooby Doo just then. 722 and 6. He had some drops. That was definitely uh, an issue. But
3: he ranked five. He ranked five. He ranked fifth in every type of format last year and fifth in consistency among tight ends.
1: All right, all right. Uh, we got f- two answers left, and we are tied at six hundred, guys. So no, 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 he's winning. That's right.
2: Oh wait,
3: no, no he lost right. two hundred yeah. bucks.
1: Yeah, I was at eight
2: hundred though. Deducted. I got, I got a two hundred and a six hundred, and dropped to six hundred. You were at four hundred, Dave. No, you only have four hundred. No, no, I was
3: at two hundred. Trust and then, me. No, Dave
2: me. only has four.
3: No, he Thank got you. he got well, Philip Rivers. Go back. You got the tight end question wrong just now, <laughs> guys. Yes. And that dropped me to six. And that dropped you to six. The Philip Rivers question that I got right was worth four hundred.
1: Exactly, exactly. In your face. So that's six hundred to four hundred. In
3: your face. Yeah, this is Jeopardy
1: you trash. You only wrong. have four hundred. No, he. That's face? the Kareem Hunt answer too. It is six hundred to six hundred. You guys are. I'm going to get so many freaking tweets about how terrible this segment is. Let's just finish. <laughs> Two more questions. Pass catchers for four or six. Uh, whose freaking board is it? I don't even care. Just it's pick mine. What do you want? My
3: receiver's for 400. That way I have a chance to win. The answer
1: there is your daily double. Oh, shoot. <laughs> what do you think? Adam, 600.
3: <laughs> I'm going for it. All 600.
1: All 600. Unnecessary, All 600. Let's go. Unnecessary risk. All right. This is the amount of combined touchdowns. For Julio Jones and Michael Thomas last year.
3: And I have to get it exactly right?
1: <laughs> no, nah, you can be within six, Dave. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what is 13? That is way, way off.
1: Yeah. Do you have a, a guess just for fun, Heath? What is seven? Seven. What is eight? Eight touchdowns. Michael I thought Thomas, Michael
3: Thomas had more than that.
1: He had five touchdowns, and Julio Jones had three. Dave, you are broke, and you have—oh, actually, if you get this one right, you can tie Heath. It's 600-0. to And then do a bonus round. No. That's <laughs> the point. Let's go. Hell no. Let's keep
3: the worst segment in fantasy history alive.
1: All right. Uh, another question. Here's the question. The only team with—okay, here we go. This is the only team with two players in the top ten in receptions last season. The only team with two what players. Is, who, Dave. What is
2: Kansas
3: City?
1: Incorrect. Oh, so Dave's at negative
2: six hundred now. Yeah, yeah. Free guess. I'll, I'll for you. go ahead. I'll go ahead and guess. Uh-huh. Who is New Orleans?
1: Incorrect. Who is Pittsburgh? Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell.
3: If I had just kept my mouth shut, I would have tied.
2: Yes,
1: <laughs> that's true. It was a needless guess
3: for you.
2: Um, good job. Well, I got
3: zero, and Dave got negative six hundred.
2: <laughs>
1: just- Oh. Who do I
3: do I actually owe somebody six hundred dollars?
1: What a segment! What a segment! Man, I I hope it was fun for all. Play of you the Jeopardy
3: there. music again now. Let's play us out.
1: No, I I don't have it anymore. Da,
3: da, da, <laughs> da, this was bad.
1: Yes, it was. No disputing that. All right, let's get That's some more. As bad more. as Julio
3: Jones, only three touchdowns. I knew we didn't have a lot. I thought Michael Thomas had more.
1: Let's get some more voicemails here to finish the show again. Uh, you can email us, by the way, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Definitely going to read some emails on our next show. But here are some voicemails. Let's get it going.
0: Hey, guys. This is John from uh, Old Worth, Texas. He's got a cool question about uh, Alan Robinson. Do we think by the by the end of uh, training camp, if he comes back and he's healthy, uh, that there's any chance he could end up being a number one wide receiver? Let's
1: keep up the great work. Alan Robinson, can he be a number one wide receiver?
2: That is within the range of his possible outcomes. But when I say that, it's like a low, low end number one. I think he could be top 10, top 12. I have him ranked as a low end number two right now. I think that's the most likely outcome. But sure, it's going to be based on touchdowns. He's going to need nine or 10
0: touchdowns to be a number one.
1: Okay, next question. We good? All right, let's do it. Hey,
0: guys, this is Billy in Illinois. And uh, so I kind of had a question here. Something that has kind of really been on my mind that I I don't know how people haven't put two and two together so far. Adam Humphreys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wide receiver. Is it not a match made in heaven for the New England Patriots? Is it not a poor man's Wes Welker? I, I don't see how it's not everything they've ever wanted. Look at the cash percentage and everything. I think it would be one of the Best combination
1: since Wes Walker and Tom Brady. Okay. I'm just gonna say it. I think it's so funny that anytime there's a good white wide receiver, people want him to go into the Patriots. It is like every time.
3: I just love the buildup that he had into <laughs> the call and then he, he wanted to talk about Adam Humphreys.
1: Well, I mean, who probably I'm, would be a good he'd be slot receiver. He'd be Guess great. He'd be great good.
3: I don't care what your race is. If you can catch passes and be a good route runner, you're going to be great in new england. adam humphreys um the bucks have placed a second
2: round tender on him. so i don't believe the patriots will be uh making an
3: offer. not not like that. could they trade? could they call him up and say oh, this is this is the patriots. or we're, we're on to adam <laughs> humphreys. we'll offer you a fourth round pick straight up for him. I love your belly. Would you voice. do it if you were Tampa Bay? Would you give him up for a fourth? No, round because
2: if somebody else just signs him, I get a second round pick.
3: But no one's gonna sign Adam Humphreys for a second round pick. No, it's like not. trying to sell the Billy Ripken error card from '89 Fleer for a hundred dollars. No one's gonna give you that anymore. But someone might give you a fourth.
1: Wow, what a would reference. you do it for a
3: fourth? No, I've been going through my old baseball cards at home lately. Oh,
1: okay. All right, next voicemail. What hey, was written Walter on the bottom G- of his bad Adam? I don't know. Yeah, don't answer. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Um,
3: Billy Ripken? You don't know Cal Ripken's brother I know Billy? who Billy
1: Ripken is. I don't know. Go I...
3: Google Billy Ripken, 89 Fleer, bat.
1: Okay. Now, stop Do talking. Do that while
3: this calls. Stop
1: talking over the voicemail. Here we go. Hey, Walter, Gale, Matt, and Jordan.
0: This is Ryan from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, as you can tell, I'm a Bears fan living in Viking country just wanted to uh, ask if anybody else out there, like me, uh, misses football and specifically fantasy football so much that listening to your guys' fantasy football podcast makes me uh, go into my uh, my fantasy football team every day just about and make different moves and adjustments because I plan to keep the league. Does that make me crazy, or is there anybody else out there who does that?
1: Oh, that's nice, isn't it?
3: This is one of our guys. Yeah. I like this guy. Yeah, I, I miss fantasy football terribly. Dave has made me offers
2: in our Dynasty League.
3: No, not really. The <laughs> The offer that I made was based on the offer that someone wanted to actually offer somebody for Patrick Mahomes, and it was a terrible offer. Well, Marshawn Lynch is on the block still. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on on uh over-the-hill running backs there. But, I mean, it's easy for me to say because it's my job. I come into work every day, and. I'm either crunching numbers or watching film or doing who knows what to make sure that I'm up to speed on what's going on in the National Football League. Heath is doing it. God bless your heart, Heath. You're doing it for multiple sports. Uh, Adam, you're producing podcasts like our lives and our livelihoods is what this guy is doing by himself alone late at night when no one's around.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I just saw what was on, I just saw what was on Billy Ripken's bat and, uh, wow. What potty well, mouth? What is that on there? What a potty mouth! Not cool. All right, our last call. It's not a
3: mouth if you don't say it.
1: Yeah, potty bat. Potty bat. Our this. last call of the day is from a very young fantasy football fan. Okay, so everybody, get ready for our maybe our youngest fantasy football fan.
0: Hey guys, um, this is Benji. I'm Ken from Milwaukee. I'm in a 12 team PPR league. I have the, uh, well, I have the 10th pick of the draft. And I wanted to know if you think I should take a running back or a wide receiver. Thanks guys. Thanks.
1: 10 years old, man. That's awesome! I wish I had played when I was 10. I think I started when I was 15 or something like that. Uh, very cool. So thank you for the question. What do you say? You have the 10th pick? Or 11th pick?
3: 10th pick in a PPR draft. What position do you go with? Yeah. I can tell you that I'm
2: mostly going to take wide receiver there. But that's because, I, from what I've seen in our draft so far, there's like maybe three wide receivers going in the first ten picks and a whole lot of running backs. And I would much rather take the third or fourth best wide receiver than I would the seventh or eighth best running back.
1: I think the question is what do you do in the second round? In a standard scoring league, I feel pretty comfortable going. If I have a late first-round pick, I'm probably most of the time going to have one running back, one receiver. And in a PPR league, I'd probably do that also, but I wonder if I should take two receivers. What do you guys think?
3: I don't, I don't like it because you're not going to like what's left at running back. Although in PPR, the depth is a little bit better, but I don't know if you're going to like it as much. Um, you probably won't like anything because there just aren't a lot of amazing players left by the time you get to late round three. I, I, just, I would
1: say, I, I'm sorry. I, I would think Kenyon Drake, Alex Collins could be your third and fourth round picks or Kenyon, Jarek McKinnon. I don't know, PPR. He might go over Not there. McKinnon. No, yeah. he's not
2: going to make it back there. Um, I, it's, you know me, it's totally going to depend on what everyone else in the draft does. But more often than not, when I'm doing drafts right now at the back end, I am starting wide receiver, wide receiver.
1: You are. Interesting. I,
3: I think it really comes down to what you think of Julio, AJ Green, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen. I mean, those are going to be the wide receivers you're picking from. And if you get wide eyes looking at them, and you think at PPR, yeah, these guys are going to stabilize my point production. Then you take them mm-hmm. and it's not a bad thing. It really isn't a bad thing because those guys catch a lot of passes, have a lot of opportunities to score last year, notwithstanding for Julio Jones and Michael Thomas, those punks. <laughs> Nonetheless, I, I, I still, I haven't come around on, on doing receiver, receiver to start my drafts, even if I'm picking late in PPR. And I still like the idea of being balanced because then I don't feel wedged into taking, i, I got to take a running back in round three because I took wide receivers in rounds one and two. I don't want to have that feeling because I've had it in some of the mocks and it, it's an icky feeling, and uh, I, I just don't want to do that. I, I like the idea of starting, if you take a running back in round one, you get a receiver in round two. If you take a wide receiver in round one, you get a running back in round two. I, I think that that's just probably the, the generic way to approach it. Okay. It's not a bad way to approach it either because you'll get balance and then you can go in any direction you want to in rounds three and four.
1: All right. So I think we're going to end the show with one more fantasy jeopardy question because it was so successful that we should end it with this.
3: Is it, hold on. How much is it worth?
1: $601.
3: So I have a chance. You do have a chance. Actually, we both, I am playing this question under protest.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, with a minimum of, 30 catches. He led all wide receivers in yards per catch last year. And he played, he still plays in the NFC North. It's pretty tough. And he's on, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I
2: have
3: no motivation to answer this (laughs) question. You really shouldn't. And I have all the motivation in the world to just throw an aim out there, Dave.
1: And he's not on Chicago or Green well, Bay. Well,
3: of course he's not, cause of course he's not going to be on Chicago. Or, or Green Campbell,
1: Bay. Right? Or Green Bay.
3: Well, Devontae Adams at 12 yards per catch. You established that earlier.
1: So we're talking about easy. they on it the. can't the be Golden Tate. Vikings. So my options
3: are basically Diggs, Thielen, Marvin Jones.
1: Right.
3: What'd you say? 30 catches or 30 targets? Right. Uh, 30, he just 30 gave
1: catches. Three answers. Yeah. Is it, was it one of those three? De- it's it one was, of those three.
3: I'm going to say it was one of those three. And I'm going you to- You got it right!
1: With- no, I don't even care! You got it right! It's one of those I three! <laughs> it's Marvin Jones! 18.1 yards per catch to lead. I was gonna guess Diggs! Receiver. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Worst show ever. Thank you for listening. We're coming back next week. Jamie will be back next week. Owner's meetings are next week, so we'll have plenty of content to talk about. Dave and Jamie will be at the owner's meetings talking to a bunch of owners trying to become NFL general managers. Hopefully, they'll We'll still probably be
3: talking to the head coaches and not the manager.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right. Hopefully, they'll still be fantasy staffers next week. Talk to you then. Bye.
3: na 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 It's all right. I've got
1: Levy.